Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love. Take our minds and think through them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our souls and set them on fire. Amen. Please be seated. Today we celebrate the arrival of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But we need to acknowledge that this arrival of the Holy Spirit happened when Jesus' disciples were rather stuck. As we know, Jesus is raised from the dead. He appeared to the disciples multiple times. And even though Jesus tells them not to, you see the disciples clinging pretty closely to the risen Christ. They're not out in the world doing ministry. They're just reminiscing about being with Jesus. They're stuck. Then Jesus ascends, and the disciples are told to wait and pray. All we know about in this kind of middle time between Jesus' ascension and the arrival of the Holy Spirit is that the disciples go to the temple to pray. They return back to prayer somewhere indoors in a familiar setting. They were waiting, but they were also kind of stuck because they didn't know what they were waiting for. And then something amazing happened. The disciples, minding their own business, find themselves part of this ancient Jewish celebration of Pentecost, a festival that remembers when God has given the law to Moses. It's this huge public festival, and it's all happening everywhere when a mighty wind begins to blow, and flames appear upon them, and they are so transformed by the experience that they are literally immediately unstuck. They get out of being, as the story tells us, in one place where they're gathered and stuck. They get out of their comfort zone and they go into this huge crowd. And then they go out and Peter, who isn't very good at words, Peter preaches. And by the end of that day, the story tells us that several thousand people are baptized. The Spirit propelled the disciples on that day of celebration. The Spirit unstuck them from their old lives and gave them something that changed their lives forever. They never got stuck again. The Holy Spirit changed the hearts of many on that day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit changes us today, too. But it might be helpful, might be helpful to see how Christians, even though St. Paul tells us over and over again in his writings how we're always blessed by the Spirit, and then he also says how the Spirit is continuously poured upon us. This is part of Paul's language always, that the Spirit of God is continuously poured upon us. But it might be helpful to see how Christians throughout history have gotten stuck. First, in the early church, there was this big debate going on. Christians got stuck very early on in this big debate whether people who weren't Jewish could become Christian at all without going through all of the rituals required of first to be converted to Judaism. 
It was a fierce debate. But the Spirit prevailed and proclaimed that all people of all cultures, of all religions, of all backgrounds were welcome as Christians exactly as their bodies are. And they were welcomed into the Christian tradition. The Spirit taught the church that all are welcome. Then, fast forward to the 1500s. When the practice of Christianity became so reliant on following rules that almost no one could be deemed worthy of heaven, rather than conveying grace, the church conveyed judgment, and people felt stuck. Enter the presence of the Spirit, which inspired people to begin reading the Bible from a different lens through a lens of something that was called being justified by faith alone. And that lens gave people an understanding that helped people see an abundant, amazing sense of grace, how God walks with us in everything. And from that new understanding grew a renewal, a new possibility, a new way to apply our faith to make sure that we knew that absolutely Anyone who has ever lived is not at all removed from the full and complete love of God in Jesus. Rediscovering that notion of grace was a breath of fresh air for the church. It was an act of the Spirit. Okay, so now let's move further on into the 18th century when the slave trade around the world was capturing Africans, enslaving them, and shipping them to the Americas. Some people thought this was perfectly okay because the Bible does not explicitly condemn slavery. But the Spirit of God spoke loud and clear. The Spirit spoke in voices of people like William Wilberforce and Frederick Douglass and William Lloyd Garrison, John Brown and Harriet Beecher Stowe, who spent their entire lives arguing that the enslavement of other people was wrong. The Spirit spoke loudly through them and many others that the practice of institutional slavery must end. And it did. And then more recently, in the early 1900s, we need to reflect on this. In the early 1900s, not that long ago, women still couldn't vote. We had a global rise of this very pseudoscience at that time called eugenics, which led people to still face great discrimination because of their background or the color of their skin. Here in Arizona, we witnessed Native American people being forced off their ancestral land to attend Indian schools in the city. And where people of Spanish-speaking origins were thrown to the margins and labeled all sorts of names. We saw churches, corporations, and the government keep women from advancing in their careers. And we saw a broad-scale exclusion of LGBTQ people from full participation in church and society. 
We saw the ways in which society treated people of other faiths, people of other cultures in a way that kept them kind of on the edge. And we know from science that our post-industrial revolution world has treated our fragile earth with such reckless disregard that the systems of life that protect us and our well-being are now threatened on every level. And when all of this has bubbled up, what happened? The winds of the Spirit began to blow. The Spirit of God began to speak, speak loudly and persistently. And we know from our life experience, the way that our hearts have changed, that the Spirit of God continues to speak to us about all of this. Thankfully, some of those societal challenges from the early 1900s are moving forward, slowly but surely, but moving forward. But there are plenty of places right now that we as the church are totally feeling stuck. Mass shootings, debates about women's health, racism, breakdowns in healthcare, rising poverty levels, inflation, racism, COVID, crime, global warming, and government gridlock. Then you add abuse of the elderly and exploitations of workers and disregard for the poor. Yes, there are a lot of places and a lot of things in which we do feel stuck and there is no clear resolution in sight. But the Spirit of God has landed, my friends. The Spirit of God has landed upon the church. It started a while ago and it continues today. The Spirit of God arrived and those winds that swirled around the disciples and literally propelled them out into the entire known world, those winds of energy, winds of grace, winds of wisdom and fortitude and winds of inspiration and creativity, all of those gifts of the Spirit and more are right here with us today. They're right here for our taking right now to unstick us from our despair of the things that trouble us, to take away this false belief that we have that we can't do anything to change the world for the better. These winds of the Spirit are there to bless us and empower us to know that the Spirit of God accompanies us on this journey of life, on our journey of life, and that the Spirit of God is not going to let us go. Jesus tells his disciples, this is, this is great. We didn't put that in the printed part of the reading because originally that was an optional two sentences at the end of the gospel. But I asked Myra to read it today because Jesus tells his disciples that the Holy Spirit comes to remind us of all that Jesus has said to us. To remind us of our charge to proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captives, to, to, to proclaim re, uh, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor upon everyone. The Spirit of God arrives today to remind us exactly what Jesus taught us, exactly how Jesus leads us, reminds us exactly how Jesus 
blesses us in all we do to bring that kingdom of God that Jesus talked about a little bit closer to home. So as we celebrate the day of Pentecost today, and as we celebrate the baptisms of Walter and Naomi today, we celebrate an empowerment of God's love. We get a bold reminder of Jesus' mission and ministry. We get unstuck from these false beliefs, from our despair. We get, we get unstuck from our fear, and God's Spirit replaces it with hope, with renewed faith, and with renewed sense of purpose, a renewed sense of this agape, self-emptying love, a recommitment to the ways of Jesus and his love, a powerful love that will give us whatever we need to take on this work of bringing the kingdom of God just a little bit closer to home. There's no going back, only forward with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will unstick us and we will be re-energized, inspired, and changed for the better. All we have to do is breathe in. Breathe in the freeing winds of the Spirit, the source of all strength and guidance and encouragement, the only source that you will ever need for your entire lifetime. All we have to do is ask. Ask for the Spirit. Breathe in the Spirit and watch God go to work right in front of your eyes. Look out, Trinity. The Spirit is here today on this Pentecost Sunday. Get ready. Get set. Breathe.